0: Hey everyone, this is Larry from WSTrades.com. This podcast is about trading stocks and stock options. Any information in these podcasts should not be construed as advice. It's for educational and entertainment purposes only. We are not financial advisors. Hey everybody, it's Larry and James from WSTrades.com doing our weekly update podcast. How's it going, James?
1: It's going pretty good, man. How are you?
0: Good. All right, you want to uh go over any trades you had last week closing or uh new trades you got into?
1: Yeah, so I think I only had one closing trade. Uh most of my closing trades will come up this Friday cuz it's going to be the m- uh monthlies for July. We'll all be expiring, so this coming uh Friday. So, I think I'll have like 30 I think I got like 35 or 36 trades on for July, which was pretty damn good. Um But this last week, I think the only thing I closed was my Dow futures contract. I was long, and I forget which night it was. Things started to dump a little bit and look a little weak, and I was just like, oh, man, this stuff is probably going to sell off. I'm up like 1,200 points right now on it, so I closed it out. So I think I got like over a $600 gain, so it was a pretty good gain. I was uh, hoping to hold it until the all-time high happens again. But when I kind of saw things dump in, I was like, I'm just going to get out and take the 600 bucks and kind of see what happens. And of course, after that, stuff just ripped and Dow rejected the 21 EMA. And now it looks like it wants to go up to an all time high. But um, I did make a good gain on that. And uh, that was my only closing. Let me take a look at what I had for uh, opening trades, because I know I got a Put spread on ARKK, I started to get into the uh, the August, or no, sorry, September contract. So I did sell a put spread on ARKK. I see my closing trade there for Dow. Um, I also got a call spread on EWY. That was another opening trade. And then I did a very tight iron condor, almost like an iron butterfly on XME was another opening trade and then tlt i got a call spread on there and a r k g that one was a put spread so yeah just the one closing trade and then a few opening trades there nice
0: yeah i was super light on trading last week uh, i only got into one new trade and that was a uh, Call debit spread on Intel. I sold the 57, 57 and a half, uh, call spread on Intel and it was looking pretty good on, I believe I opened it on Thursday and then they started with the market for whatever reason, everything's pumping. They started kind of pumping a little bit. So still looking okay. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely gonna have to keep an eye on that. The only other thing I had closing last week was I went, uh max profit on my iRobot, uh put credit spread at, or call credit spread i had.
1: So yeah man that's a good point uh you were talking about position size there and especially you know when things are at all time highs um that's definitely good especially if you're going to be going like long on something uh because there is a tendency sometimes when things do hit an all-time high for there to be that pullback and if you're long something or you're making a directional trade where you think something is going to go up in price and it doesn't work out and the markets start to sell off keeping your position size small is great because even if you know the sell-off starts you're not going to kill yourself because you kept your position size small and You're also talking about just not sitting on the sidelines and that's really good too. I know for me, uh, when the markets are at all time highs like they are right now, I still do a lot of neutral stuff and just sell out of the money options. And I'm kind of playing both sides. So like I'll sell call spreads, I'll sell put spreads and I'll kind of just play different sides of the market on different tickers. So I'm definitely not just sitting waiting for the pullback I am kind of sitting on the sidelines when it comes to futures right now because it's so leveraged. I don't want to go out there and try to go long NASDAQ right now because I think it's – I mean, it's been overbought on the daily for a while, and I'm just, like, waiting for it to die. But like you were saying, like, we've been talking about it for a couple weeks, and, like, it just hasn't happened. But um, I have a feeling it's going to come, and I just – I just can't pull the trigger and go long, especially with something that's that leveraged right now. So I am kind of sitting back when it comes to that because it's more leveraged. But outside of that, like I'm still doing like selling call spreads, selling put spreads, and definitely being very active in my trading, usually putting on one or two trades a day and kind of playing it in both directions just in case things do keep ripping up, 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 you know, the put spreads will work out good for me. And if it doesn't rip too hard, I can make out good on the call spreads as well,
0: yeah, I think in times like this, being delta neutral on your whole portfolio is very important because if you're delta neutral, then you know you've got just as many and this you know ties into trading options, especially is being delta neutral or close to it at least. You're never going to be perfectly Delta neutral because just the way option pricing is, but it will keep you, it doesn't matter if the market's going up or down, you're in a, a good position to make money. So like you do a lot of um, iron condors, those are perfect Delta neutral plays. Uh, it doesn't matter if the market's going up or down, it just has to stay in a range. But if you're you know, playing, you could do be Delta neutral and, make you know several just vertical trades or you know buying options outright or just selling options. Just, you know, you have to buy as many puts as you are calls to maintain that nice delta neutral position. Because like I say, in times like this where we're at you know all time highs in the market, who knows where it's going to go from here. Like it we to me, I'm looking at the charts, I'm like, okay, we need a retracement. This doesn't make sense, but you know, the market has never cared about what I think is going to happen and it never will. So, you know, just playing, you know, being Delta neutral is a great way to kind of protect yourself.
1: Yeah, exactly. Just playing both sides of the market and, you know, being ready for whatever, like you're saying, uh, I'm right there with you. I think NQ needs to die and go back to like 13,500, but it just keeps freaking going higher and higher. And I'm like, well, what can I do? You know, if the, you know, major indexes and stuff and stuff in general keeps ticking up, I've got to, you know, put on some kind of a trade that keeps me balanced. uh, Exactly like you're saying. I know in uh, Thinkorswim, I've played with it a little bit. And uh, you can go in there and kind of check it out. And you can like beta weight your portfolio against uh, like the S&P 500 or whatever you want. But that's a tool you can kind of use to, I think it will show you like how your portfolio is set up. Like if the market rips, are you making money? If the market dumps, are you making money? So it can kind of help you in visualizing like your portfolio and seeing if you're beta weighted right. And, you know, if you're kind of being neutral.
0: Yeah, exactly. And. It, there is one thing, and you know I've talked about it before. I don't particularly like them uh, because I think it's nonsense, but other traders or a lot of traders use it. So you know nonsense just works. And uh, I don't know how many different platforms have have it, but there's a drawing tool called uh, Fibonacci Extensions where, you can go and you would go from like a recent high to a low to another high or is it low to high? I don't remember how you draw it, but you'd go from it's three points. You go from, yeah, it's a low to a new high and then down to a retracement and it pulls up these Fibonacci uh, sequence numbers. And just like, you know, every other time for whatever stupid reason they work. So it'll extend, Uh, higher above whatever, you know, we're at an all-time high. And right now, I'm going to tell you, NQ, I pulled it up on uh, the charts on the dailies, and right now NQ is at a 100% extension. So I would say it's time for a pullback. But there's, you know, tools like that that, um, I would say TradingView has it. I don't think Robinhood has much of anything. I don't think Weeble has it. Uh, TOS obviously has it. Uh, Ninja Trader I believe has it but yeah it's just one of those things that it kind of shows you different price levels like percentage wise where something would be if it hit you know X and again Fib- you know, a lot of traders use Fibonacci numbers so you know you can throw that up on a chart and see like okay well NQ's at 100% extension right now maybe it's about time for it to pull back and just keep an eye on it and then it'll be you know, I don't know whatever the Fibonacci is after 100%. I think it's like 1.23 or something like that. But it's just diff- seeing the different levels and seeing if you know price action actually, um, actually adheres to it. So it's one thing you can do to try and kind of predict if things are overextended.
1: Yeah, I hope a lot of people are looking at exactly what you're talking about right now and they start selling, that'd be great because I'm so tired of seeing NQ go up, 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 man. Uh, Looking at futures right now, and they're all red, not by a lot, but Dow's like down Uh, 0.18. Of course, NQ's the one that's down the least, right, 0.10. And then uh, S&P is down 0.21. But uh, yeah, man, hopefully uh, we can get a nice little pullback because I've been waiting to freaking go long NASDAQ futures again, but they're just not giving me an opportunity.
0: Yeah, man, I pulled up the, uh, I want to say it was the 10-year weekly chart, and I looked at NQ, and I want to say ES and um, Dow futures aren't quite as bad, but like NQ since, what the hell was that? Uh, Since like May, it's just like straight parabolic it looks like. It's like there's a nice trend in price action and, you know, you've got your dips, but it's a nice trend. And since May, it's just like, nope, to the moon. And there's been like pullbacks, but it immediately just jumps up and it's, I don't know, man. That's what makes me a little weary about, you know, getting too crazy with the market right now. Because with the market looking like this, I think a
1: very nice pullback is in order. Yeah, man, I'm right there with you and just waiting because I know the last, I think two pullbacks ago, it was like a 1700 point dump on the NASDAQ. It was freaking glorious. And uh, the one right after that, I think it happened in May. It was like a thousand points or 1100 points. They were pretty nice dips. So yeah, that'd be great, man. If I could see like a thousand points coming up here, that would be really freaking awesome. But yeah, we keep talking about it and I don't know people keep buying apparently Robinhood uh added in futures trading or something man because people just keep buying
0: yeah we can go i need to go check out uh, wall street bets and see if they started like a futures trading section to that or something because it just yeah it doesn't make any sense and like apple what did they ripped like crazy on friday and it's just you know i get it Apple's a good company and everything, but I didn't see anything like specific on damn near any of these stocks. And just on Friday, uh, well, Thursday, we had a nice little pullback. And I was like, all right, here we go. Finally, things, you know, coming back to Earth. And then Friday was like, nope, (laughs) to the moon, all time highs for everything.
1: It was just like, oh, my God, I'm over it. Yeah, I think overnight futures were looking really bloody, and I was thinking the same thing. Ah, oh, we finally made it. Like the pullback is here, and then Friday, it's like not, not yet. But yeah, didn't you say like Apple was up like five ATR or something? Yeah, it's it's
0: ridiculous, and I don't know. Actually, I'm gonna pull them up. Yeah, they're so so overextended. It's not even funny. My God. Well, they hit an all-time high. It looks like it's time to start selling, boys. Take your profits.
1: Yeah, the IV percentile is probably kind of high on them too, right? I was about to say like... It's like 25.5% right now. Too bad, I guess. I guess they've been worse, but I was like, man, it'd be nice to buy a put right now. But, of course, probably like a ton of uh, extrinsic value in that. Out of the money put is like... 145 for July 23rd is like almost 300 bucks. God,
0: yeah, it's and it it just a lot of stuff just isn't making sense. Like Nike, I remember after they gapped up, I told you, dude, I want to freaking short them so bad, and I'm glad I didn't because I just kept on ripping. They went from they gapped up to what was it, 151, and right now they're at 161. So it's like, oh man, you <laughs> gapped up. But where did they let's see where they started? I want to say they were at like 130 or something. Yeah, they were like 134 and then gapped up to 150 and just kept on ripping. And it's like, I don't even, they are beyond like Kel, Keltner channels, Bollinger Bands, no longer in the picture. They're just gone just and too. just still it's- ripping. <laughs> yeah,
1: Apple, MQ, and Nike. Jeez, did president hit your golden bear scanner like space.
0: Uh, they probably did.
1: Actually, Sorry. I think. Golden bull. <laughs> I think uh,
0: Nike hit my golden bear oh, before wow. that. And then they had the earnings and then that massive gap for whatever stupid reason. They said that, you know, they're a Chinese company essentially. And all of a sudden, boom. Must have had some Chinese investors dump money. Man, crazy. All right, man. Uh, did you have anything you were looking at getting into next week?
1: Uh, yeah, I started. I think I just got the one trade on for September. So I'm kind of getting those lined up. So I'm probably going to be looking at uh, G DIA, EEM, EFA, and maybe EWT. Looks like i played them the last few months, so probably be looking at those tickers for uh, sell put spreads and call spreads this coming week.
0: Nice. Uh, yeah, I just pulled up my golden bowl scanner, but nothing's on my golden bear right now. Surprise, surprise. Um, and then one thing that's looking pretty good, but they don't – It doesn't seem like they have a lot of movement Is Cisco, CSCO, going, uh, selling a put spread on them. Okay. And then, of course, uh, Stamps.com, STMP showed (laughs) up. My God.
1: They went to the, yeah, they got
0: acquired or something, right? Or going to be acquired. Yeah, some company bought them. And I don't even know the name of the company. But man, <laughs> that
1: chart on stamps dot com is hilarious. Man, that would have been that would have sucked if like somebody sold like a naked call or something, like a two twenty. Ouch. <laughs> Dude look at the look at the chart on them. There's just
0: a ridiculous on the like volume. Just oh,
1: all yeah. green just blasted through. <laughs> yeah, that's like I don't know what that says on the Fibonacci chart or the Bollinger bands, but oh my goodness, yeah, I guess those aren't in the picture anymore.
0: No, there's literally the, the, my Keltner channels are just pointing almost straight up and there's no, there is no channel. It just shows, you know, it ends at about 230 and it's like, no, we're not even going any further. Just stop. (laughs) Crazy. Um, another one, and I'm not going to play them because apparently they have, uh, earnings and a dividend coming up and all sorts of crap and plus I don't trust them right now is uh, PFE Pfizer
1: mm.
0: but they hit my bullish chart and Yeah, it looks, looks good but I, Go I know they've had a lot of you know people talking about the um, side effects with the vaccine and stuff like that It's just like, I don't know, I don't really like playing uh, pharma companies, period, even like the smaller ones or these massive companies, just because the tiniest news can either make or break these things. So, but it's looking good on the chart, but I am not touching it. And another one that, again, it's just my bias not getting me or letting me trade them is KMI. And pretty sure this is the uh I want to say the real estate this might not be them but I'm pretty sure this is a real estate company and like I just right now with real estate seems super overextended um financials I could get into I know they had a really good run last week but there's things like real estate uh pharma um and tech I feel like is just like way overextended so I'm kind of staying away from that if I can but you know I guess I should start trading the charts instead of what I think should happen
1: yeah I'm looking at KMI right now I'm seeing Kinder Morgan I wonder if that's I think they're oil maybe or I'm not sure let
0: me see here I, I thought they were the real estate company or the
1: I could be totally wrong yeah they're like I think well you know what they say yeah energy infrastructure I think they're I think they're based around energy or oil or something. But, yeah, I see them. Uh, well, they've been ripping since November. <laughs>
0: like yeah, November that but... a nice pull, they had a nice pullback in, uh, oh, what is this? 614.21 started this nice little pullback. And yeah. then they start this nice little trend up. Mm-hmm. So until they break that trend line down. You
1: know, yeah. Yeah. Like... Yeah. You got, like, you're saying a short-term uptrend. And then, yeah, I guess if I draw a trend line on the daily from the all-time high and I kind of extend that down, they did kind of bust through that on Friday. And that kind of breaks the 21 EMA as well. So, yeah, maybe they're looking to uh, go up and set another high or a new high. Yeah,
0: I mean, being up almost 3% on Friday, makes me a little weary about it, but, um, I want to say I got a feeling energy is going to kind of boom, especially alternative energies and just anything. I don't know. I guess it's like tingle in my gut telling me energy's going to have a nice run right now because I mean, everything else is, well, <laughs> energy as well has, you know, been on a rip, but I feel like it's, uh, energy's time, especially alternative to, uh, start making a little rip
1: yeah definitely with that big push above the 21 and kind of breaking above that uh downtrend line on my chart yeah they could be looking to pop as long as the markets don't sell off tomorrow <laughs>
0: I, I hope they do <laughs> me too as man. As they do it early in the morning before i get my trades in
1: uh, me too man i want to see like two to three percent on all the major indexes tomorrow that'd be beautiful
0: Yeah, I think that's another thing, you know, about the topic is it's hard, you know, you can't really figure out a trend when something is just like, you know, you look at NQ's chart and it's just damn near parabolic. It's like, okay, well, that's a trend, I guess, just straight up, but where's it, when does it stop? And for now it just doesn't stop, but at some point it is. And then, you know, that's when I'd be, you know, a little more comfortable to get into trades if we had a retracement, you know, where it showed that it came down to, you know, whatever price level. But right now when things are ripping so hard and like damn near parabolic, it's like, I don't know, man, (laughs) I'm a little bit weary about getting into this stuff.
1: That's exactly how I feel about space, man. When I look at spaces chart, it was just like this run to 60. And then it just completely died and quickly down to like 14 and then it's just, you know, the whole test flight, And now with Branson going to space, it's just this parabolic move. And it's just like you're saying, it does. it's not a trend. It's just an explosion. And it's just like, I have a feeling, I mean, that thing's probably going to pump tomorrow just because Branson made it and he beat Bezos and all that stuff. But then at the end of the day, like what are earnings going to look like? the first week of August, I'm guessing it's probably still not going to be too good because they're not supposed to be flying customers until next year sometime. So yeah, it's just like you're saying some, some of these charts, it's like, it's not a trend. It's just a vertical move to the moon. It's just ridiculous.
0: Yeah. And how do you trade that? You know, just guess it's, that's the, the crappy thing is, you know, like I said, with at all time highs, what do you do from there? just, hope that they keep on making all-time highs and which I mean, you could, if you don't want to sit on the sidelines, just have your stops in, you know, at the all-time high. If you think, you know, space, I have a feeling space is going to rip tomorrow after Branson, you know, like you said, went to quote unquote space. And I have a feeling, uh, Virgin Galactic is going to be at like 70 bucks tomorrow. So if you have that feeling, You know, they're not even at an all time high, but say that we're at an all time high and you still feel, oh, my God, these guys are going to rip. Then, yeah, go long, but have your stops in place, you know, wherever you think a nice price levels at or what you're willing to lose and then get in. But, you know, just sitting on the sidelines thinking, oh, my God, I'm scared. Everything's at all time highs. I don't know what's going to happen. You know, then why are you even in the market? You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, you definitely have to, no matter where the levels are at, you definitely still have to be an active trader. And like, that's definitely something that I have been sticking to for sure with all of my neutral stuff. Like, I've just traded through it. Like, when we had that 1700 point pullback on NQ earlier this year, I want to say it was in like March or something. I just kept trading, like selling iron condors, selling call spreads, selling put spreads. And actually, once that big sell off started and it was going on, the implied volatility on everything went through the roof. So I got these wide ranges on everything and it actually helped me out. So, yeah, when things are at all time highs or when we're going through some kind of a big sell off, you know, if you're kind of doing out of the money neutral stuff, it actually can be a great time to be very active still put on a lot of trades instead of, you know, sitting back and, you know, being scared, like you're saying.
0: Yeah. I mean, even if like the only time I really sat in mostly cash in my account was during the actual Corona crash and Oh God, probably like two, three weeks into the recovery. Cause I just thought it was all fake. I was like, well, you know, These guys are trying to fake me out. I'm not doing anything. So I, you know, put on a couple trades because after, you know, seeing that many, like you wake up and you're like, futures are limit down, futures are limit down, futures are limit down. You're like, oh my God, it's been a week of this crap. What's going on? That shook me up. I'll tell you, like, I didn't have very many trades at all on. I was just sitting in cash, waiting for things to pass. And then finally, when things looked, you know, a few weeks into the recovery, it was like, OK, we're limit up, limit up, limit up. Then I got back into it and was a little more active. And right now, totally different reason I'm not super active is, you know, the baby's at this age where he's starting to try and walk. And, you know, you got to be attentive to him all the time. He doesn't want to just play by himself and crap. So, you know, and I when I put my money somewhere, I want to make sure it's, you know, something I'm sure of. So I'm trying to try and make time for myself. So, you know, if you guys are on the YouTube channel, you see, I haven't uploaded a bunch of stuff, but that's why it's, you know, the baby's kind of taking up a bunch of time, but I'm trying to figure out how I can kind of, um, figure out how to make more time for trading for, you know, not just the YouTube videos, but for, you know, my account, but yeah, it's just, you know, sitting on the sidelines sucks.
1: Yeah, for sure, man. Definitely good to find a way to stay active and, uh, just keep putting on a lot of trades no matter where we're at.
0: Yeah. I think your strategy is one of the best I've seen because it's just so easy to use and, you know, damn near automatic. You're like, you know, I, this is a trade I'm putting on. This is a trade I'm putting on, uh, going to pass this is a trade I'm putting on. And you're just, you're super active in it and the percentages are working in your favor all the time like have you I don't think you've had a losing month since you started your new strategy have you
1: nope I haven't I started it I think in January and it's got about to close the seventh month and yeah it's been like three to I want to say eight percent was the best I got in a month so like three to eight percent every single month so yeah it's uh it's definitely nothing that you're gonna you know quit your day job on it's not like I'm day trading and making like ten thousand dollars in a week or something and like I can you know not work but I mean three even three percent in a month is pretty good because like if you end up getting that for 12 months like that's like 36% for the year. That's really good. And, uh, you know, some months are better. Like last month I had 6%. um, So, yeah, and an 82% win rate, which I want to say was my best win rate uh, since I've been doing it. So, yeah, mine is, like, definitely very active and actually thrives when the markets are tanking, which is kind of cool because a lot of people probably freaking out during that time. But that's when, you know, we know the IV is good, (laughs) you know, implied volatility goes through the roof we're like yeah let's sell out of the money options because you know we can go pretty close to the money and get a fat amount of credit or we can go very far away from the money and get a good amount of credit and like um yeah the neutral out of the money stuff for sure is good um all the time
0: yeah what's that little
1: uh loser
0: warren buffett's percentage is like 20 percent a year suck it warren (laughs) <laughs>
1: yeah, you know, I've heard different uh things too. I wanna say Kirk with option alpha was like saying something like maybe you could withdraw 10%, like if you wanted to live, uh, you know, if you had enough capital and you were out there trading options uh, you know, for a living. He was saying I think you could like withdraw 10% a year from your account or something, and like he thought that was pretty good, and then he had somebody on his show, uh, I think his name was Cameron Skinner or something. He was like saying, yeah, this guy makes 22% a year, uh, you know, trading options. And I was like, yeah, this, you know, those are pretty good returns. Cause I think the S and P I want to say that thing might get you 10% in a year or something. If you just like buy and hold. Um, but yeah, man, we'll see how this goes. This is like uh seven solid months in a row. So we'll kind of see how the year closes out. But yeah, dude, right now it's like, going really really good nice
0: yeah we have totally and that's what I love about the market is we have two totally different trading strategies and we're both doing you know good right now which is you know hopefully everyone's doing good we're still in a nice seems like a bull market um, but yeah just you know you got to find your strategy that works for you and kind of tinker at it and perfect it but I feel like we both you know done pretty pretty well with our strategies so far
1: yeah especially I think the deeper you've been getting into the technical analysis and making your scanners and uh you know getting into that stuff you've been really uh really good at your directional trades for sure which is just something I'm not very good at
0: yeah well I'll tell you I started getting a little bug last week where I was like, okay, you know, the directional trades I've been doing, I've been doing pretty well on them. And then instead of, you know, usually I'll sell, I'll try and sell around uh, 15, 20 delta spread, you know, calls or puts, whatever direction I'm, you know, thinking it's going and collect a little bit of credit, but have, you know, a higher um, win rate and then i got a little ballsy with myself and i don't i don't even think i got filled on the trade but i was like screw this i'm going the 40 delta which was like i don't even remember what uh ticker it was on but it was like a dollar out of the money and i don't think i got <laughs> i don't think i got filled on it but you know i'm getting a little ballsy and i got to check myself like yeah you're doing good now but you start doing stupid crap and you know doing 40 delta uh Option trades probably not going to work out too well, so you gotta kind of keep myself in check.
1: Yeah, I like to definitely do the 30. If I'm doing an iron condor, I'll usually do like uh 15 delta on each side because you can grab like double the credit. Um, I was kind of thinking about that though, and like I know if you go to that 40 delta, you're gonna grab more credit, and uh, of course, you're You know, your win rate or your percentage of success is not going to be as good. But I was kind of thinking about that recently. And I was like, well, what if I started to go uh, closer to the money or at the money with all these trades? Um, I think if you put enough of them on, like you would probably be okay. because I've been doing like iron butterflies a lot, too. And those things have been making profit for me, too. So I'm kind of thinking like maybe if you played both sides of the market, like if you sold, you know, a 40 delta put spread on like DIA or something like that, then you sold like a 40 delta call spread on QQQ or something. I bet you it would work out pretty good Um, because the iron butterflies have been working out pretty good for me. I haven't, you know, I'm not switching anything up yet, but I might try that one month just to see because you know how like uh people say uh, i'm sure you've heard it a lot too that like the markets are pretty efficient there's no free lunch you know you go far from the money you get a tiny bit of credit but you've got a really high rate of success you go closer to the money a much lower rate of success but you're getting way more credit um So I was kind of thinking about that and it's like, well, if I just go at the money and sell a put spread on one thing and then go at the money and sell a call spread on something else, I wonder if it all just averages out. You know what I mean? Yeah. I
0: think from all the, you know, like podcasts I listen to and stuff, I want to say, um, like Kirk from option alpha, uh, tasty works and a couple others, they all like, and I don't know if they have done this uh, but this is what they say that the 30 delta they you know back tested it and 30 delta and I will say 60 day to uh expiration is like the sweet spot you know that's the win rate's the highest if you're selling uh 30 delta and 60 day to expiration options then that's got the highest win rate but no. I say I I don't know I haven't back tested back-tested it so
1: um yeah i know like i was listening to one of kirk's podcast and he was saying depending on the ticker like some of the tickers iron condor is the way to go and he you know he has that software that can just like back test freaking 20 years of it or whatever and i think he was saying like some of the tickers the iron butterfly is the one that gives you more of a profit versus like the iron condor and kind of staying away from the money. But um, I might just try that one month, Uh, maybe in paper money. Maybe that'll be the smarter way to do it. (laughs) I just go to my paper money account and just do like at the money and just sell put spreads and call spreads on like, you know, 30 different tickers and just kind of see how it plays out because I'm curious. Yeah, definitely a good idea if you're
0: working on a new strategy, uh, paper money. But then again, you're not going to, well, with your neutral strategies, you know, there's not really a lot of emotion in it. You're going neutral the whole way. So, uh, yeah, that would be very interesting. Just definitely update that if you do it.
1: Yeah, maybe I'll put that on and then, uh, yeah, on a later podcast I can see what the results are.
0: All right. Do you have anything else you want to go over tonight, man? Nope. I think that's it. All right. Thank you guys for listening. I'll catch you later, James.
1: Talk to you later, man. Bye. Bye.
0: Yeah, so I also picked up another 100 shares of SOS to just kind of average down my cost basis on them. Uh, It's a company that I still have hopes for. Um, I know that China has started kind of cracking down on any company uh, that trades in america that's china-based and then especially on uh, crypto companies but i know that sos for i don't know a little less than a year i guess has started moving a lot of stuff and buying a lot of infrastructure in america so i feel like that's going to cover their uh, butts at some point so i picked up another 100 shares so now i can sell uh two calls on them instead of uh i couldn't even touch them before because my cost basis was so high with them I, you know i'd pick up I think I could sell calls and still make money on the shares if they got called away for like a dollar a week, which didn't make sense to do so. Uh those are the only trades I got into last week. And I kind of uh looking at the market and stuff, a topic I wanted to go over was trading in a market that's kind of a raging bull market. It's at all-time highs and, you know, people kind of get scared of, you know, should I go long something? Everything's uh, seems like it's way overbought right now. You know, you know what are ways that you can trade when the market is at an all-time high? So I know one way is carefully. Like, that's something that I do is uh, I kind of wait to see if there's going to be a pullback, kind of wait for a trend. Uh, it's, you know, a little more dangerous, but you can't just sit on the sidelines and be like, well, I'm just going to you know sitting well i mean i guess you could but your profits are going to kind of go away if you're just sitting in cash the whole time waiting for a pullback you just have to look and you know just be careful if you see something looks like it's ripping you know whatever indicators you're using um looking at price action just don't go all in in one direction you know if you think i mean god after the uh after the Corona crash and that rally, if you just went long stuff, then you'd be sitting pretty. But like right now, we're just making this slow churn to all time highs, all time highs. And for me, every week now I'm looking at, I'm like, I don't get it. It doesn't make sense that, you know, we're just all time highs, all time highs. And I'm thinking, okay, there's going to be a pullback, you know, next week, there's going to be a pullback this week. And it just doesn't happen. So it's, you know, just trade carefully. And that's what I'm doing. My, position sizes are small. So, you know, if there is a pullback, then, you know, I'm not going to get blown up, but it's just, you know, kind of worrisome for a lot of people when you're trading at all time highs, them looking and seeing, you know, what should I get into at this point? Cause you just, you know, you don't know from that point, you know, where something, you don't have price action to tell you, okay, this is going to go to this point.
1: Thanks for taking the time to listen to this episode of the WS Trades podcast. If you are not subscribed to this podcast, please subscribe. Also head over to YouTube and search for WS Trades. You'll find us there as well. We've got trading updates as we make our trades over there and also educational videos. You can learn about different strategies within the stock market and options trading. And also please head over to WSTrades.com. Thanks again.